sounding good over there, Fishby. Bonjour, amigos. Welcome back to the Fishbowl. Glad you're here. Forthcoming. Can the weed really prevent and treat the virus? It was in the news. It must be true. The times are strange. We know that. But my fucking morning, unbelievably strange. I've got a story. And Crayola finally gets it right. We will get into it. Thank you for the hot lead, as always, Fishbee. But before the fishbowl, earlier today, I was minding my own business in the situation room with Wolf Blitzer. I was in the room where I was tricked and not treated to 25, as in 2-5, as in 25 consecutive minutes, chronicling the fucking shock, the fucking horror, and the fucking outrage that President Trump, the toddler man, went to a GM plant in Michigan where face masks are required, and Don, being Don, of course, can't risk smearing his makeup and refuse to wear a mask. 25 straight minutes. This on a day when there was a terrorism-related shooting at a naval air station in Corpus Christi, Texas. That story never even mentioned in the room. Didn't make it to the room. Meanwhile, as Mr. Colbert says, the lies Trump is spewing every single day, including today, about voting by mail is a far bigger story than Trump not wearing a mask. Trump is laying the propaganda groundwork for the scenario if he loses to Grandpa Joe in November but refuses to leave office until every last court challenge his team has been brainstorming daily for the last three years has been fully litigated, mediated, and appealed, and appealed, and appealed. And Don's moron third of the USA citizenry will be absolutely convinced that Grandpa Joe and somehow George Soros and somehow Amazon and somehow the United States Postal Service illegally rigged and stole the election. That's a much bigger story than the mask. Of course he didn't wear a mask. He's President Toddler, man. He's not going to wear a mask. Stop feigning outrage at these things. Jesus Christ. What's first, Fishby? Is it really true that the weed can prevent the virus? I, uh, I don't know why, but I'm always skeptical of anything that's described as Canadian marijuana research. The entire country is constantly intoxicated with some kind of maple syrup homebrew. You can't trust these Canadians. High as a kite on maple syrup. But this is from Canadian Marijuana Research. And according to a study that I don't think uh, was on purpose, 
and or included over 17 people. So a very, very small subset of the population. Not all Canadians were able to participate. They were, uh, they were too fucked up on maple syrup to drive. But according to these Canadian marijuana researchers, that weed, uh, some super st- strong strains, excuse me, with super strong levels of CBD, uh, actually binds to the what's called ACE2 pathways, wasn't familiar with those before, but now I am. Because the virus, it bonds, this is how it gets into your body, the ACE2 pathways. But this very strong Canadian weed, no idea what role the maple syrup played. Apparently, allegedly, according to a handful of people and even less Canadian marijuana researchers, say it prevents the virus from binding. And beyond that, not only does it help prevent the virus from bonding, if you accidentally get the virus because you're drunk as fuck on maple syrup, it also helps treat the virus. So if anyone wonders why I haven't gotten the virus yet, knock on wood, it would be the weed. What's next, Fishby? Yo, it's me, Fish B. There you are, little buddy. There you are. That's you. Do you want to explain your crazy fucking morning, or should I? Tell you what, Fish B. How about you do it? How about you contribute something else to this show other than your, well... I mean, you are an extra-dimensional musical genius. I was going to say, put down the instruments and actually put in some real fucking work around here. Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah. No. It, sure. Sure. I'll do it. That's, uh, that, that's my, uh, my half of the equation. So, strange times, strange times, and, and a morning to match. The times are so fucking weird. I'm not even sure I'm alive. Um... It started with me having, I'm not sure if you've ever heard me talk about my nightmares before, but I get nightmares that at times are so vivid for the first 30 seconds to minute to five minutes, sometimes 10 minutes after I wake up, I'm not 100% positive that I'm still not in dreamland. Everything is is fucked up. And nightmares that are so severe, like Freddy Krueger-esque, that times I, I will intentionally go without sleep, just skip it entirely, so I don't have to take the chance of running into a nightmare. So this morning, wake up at 8.30, having a nightmare, not sure what's going on, very confused, I, I go, I leave the podcast dojo because when you're a podcast monk, you also sleep in your podcast dojo. So, uh, so I go up the stairs to, uh, to reset the brain and, uh, and hit the Brita water pitcher in the fridge, right? Fill up, uh, fill up the old glass with, with, with some H2O. And as I'm up there doing that, and I'm topless Bob at this point. No one's awake at 8.30 in the morning. No point putting on a shirt just to, uh, just to get some Brita water when you're going to come back to bed. But I'm up there, and, uh, and the doorbell rings. It scares the fuck out of me because it's 8.30 in the morning. Is it an Amazon package? What's going on? I'm confused. And then I'm not answering the door. I'm topless, and I'm not sure if I'm not still dreaming. Then the doorbell rings again. I don't have a people. I don't have any way to see what's on the other side of the door before I open the door. But I, 
I decide to open it. And and what's there when I when I do just that after the doorbell rings twice? And this this threw me off. This threw me off. I didn't expect to see this. Not even close. Who was there? A attractive beige woman with great hair. That's right. An attractive beige woman with great hair. What what was she doing in the doorway? Why was why was she ringing the bell? And she proceeds to say, can I borrow your phone to call a cab? And I'm very confused. I've, I've got I've to I've think this over. Like, how do you, it's 2020. How do you not have a phone? And what are you doing at the door? And so uh, I, I, I don't invite her in because I'm scared. So I, uh, this can't be real. What's happening? So, so I, I close the door and then I, I, I come down to the podcast dojo. I grab a shirt and I grab a hat or I grab a, I grab a what? I grab a cap. Excuse me. So uh, I'm a human being. So, uh, so my hair's all right. And then, and then I go back upstairs and I don't, I don't hand her the phone, but I, I start, I'm like, what cab company you want me to call and where do you want to go? Uh, she says she needs to get to the downtown T-Mobile store. That's why she needed to borrow a phone. It's like a, like a 15, 20-minute uh, drive from, uh, from where I'm at. But as I'm looking outside, I'm talking, there's no broken-down car anywhere. And I live off kind of a main arterial, but like halfway down the street. There's no way she went to every other house on the street. Like, why Why is she there? How did she end up here, of all places, this attractive beige woman with great, lovely, big, beautiful hair? I was very, very confused. And then, uh, and then so I call the cab. The cab says, we'll be there in five minutes. I tell her that. I tell the cab to pick her up on the corner of the street because it's, it's, it's just easier to find. But five minutes later, the phone rings. It's the cab driver, and she's not there. Like, where did she go? She had no car. Did she hitchhike? What happened? What was going on here? And then, and then I'm so confused. Like, every scenario is running through my brain at this point. I'm like, I'm like why, why again did you pick this house? It, it, doesn't, it, do, it makes no logical sense. And then, was she even real? Was she sent here by a magical sky wizard? Um, if I handed her my phone, was she going to take it and run off? Were we going to have a sprinting contest? Uh, did she have a dude hiding in the bushes? If I let her inside, was she, was she going to harm me? Or if I gave you a ride to the downtown T-Mobile, were you going to blow me on the way? These are, these are all the questions that... Uh, that, that I'm wondering, and again, like, was she was she even real? I was I was so confused, so confused by this. So I uh, a couple hours later, I see my personal assistant upstairs, and I ask my personal assistant, I'm like, you heard the doorbell ring twice, right? You heard it, and and she did. So apparently, I'm not making the whole thing up. Crazy, but true. But these are such strange times. We've been through it. These are strange times. What's next, Fishby? Now that you've had a day to think it over, 
Is President Trump just fucking crazy or fucking crazy like a fox? Confession. I'm in a lot of back pain and I forgot to do a couple things today. And one of those is think that over, even though I promised I would. Is President Trump fucking crazy or just fucking crazy like a fox? Even though the question is an either or, the answer is both, isn't it? President Trump toddler man, whatever, Don, whatever you're comfortable with. I mean, he's obviously a few bronzers shy of a full makeup kit. Uh, But he's also a master manipulator and master propagandist. And the scariest trait of all, probably, he truly doesn't give a fuck about anything or anyone. A lot of people say that shit. No one really doesn't give a fuck about anyone or anything, but Don does. Don is that dude. So I guess uh, I guess the answer is both. What's next, Fishby? If you die tomorrow, what was the point of this whole Bob's Fishbowl experiment? It's, it's more than an experiment. I mean, it, it's a real-life podcast. Sure, it took us two and a half years of grinding away on it five days a week to finally get it in the realm of decency, but it's a podcast within the realm of decency, right? Um... I feel like you want a, uh, a better answer than that, though. If I died tomorrow, what was the point of this whole fucking thing, right? That's, that's fair. It's fair. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, tomorrow, once again, uh, it's, uh, it's the end of the week for us. So uh, we will once again be attempting to make the impossible possible. And for the fifth consecutive week, 17 questions in precisely 17 minutes. Uh, so, uh, so manana, we will, uh, we will get to that, uh, for our, uh, for our end of the week show. What's next, Fishby? Don't you owe YouTube yoga with Adrian an apology? Here's the thing. She was back to her old self. I think, actually... Uh, my critique was dead on, and I think I like Adrian more now. I think she watched it back and saw the same thing I did. It was, it was, it, it was too rigid. It was too polished. It was too. She always preaches against yoga robots, and there she was being a yoga robot, and it was weird, and it creeped me out. But then it all changed today when YouTube Yoga with Adrian said one of the funniest things I've ever heard YouTube Yoga with Adrian say. Uh, she was trying to uh, trying to explain uh, this uh, this triangle move where the flow is to open up your, your arms and your torso by dragging your hand across your stomach, leading to an extended arm on the other side. But she said. Imagine rubbing something sticky across your belly. 
And she tried to save it. And she tried to save it. She tried to change the verb to smearing something sticky across her belly. But she she was already too far gone. And she goes, she goes, hey oh. Like, like she, she goes, hey. Whenever she says something slightly sexually suggested, she goes, hey oh. She's like, first hey oh in this series. It, it, uh, it, it, it digressed from there. Uh, she tried to uh, 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 save it again by, imagine it's honey, imagine it's honey. And then she's like, oh, but then there'd be a problem with bees. And she just shakes her head and she just can't win. And it was, it was our first hey of the series. So uh, uh, fingers crossed for the, for the rest of uh, Yoga Dedicate, uh, a 30-day yoga journey, that uh, everything will be all right. What's next, Fishby? Yo, it's me, Plantasia, the lucky Thai bamboo desk plant. And the Buddha says, Hatred corrodes the container it's carried in. No, Plantasia. No, Plantasia. I'm sorry. I know you desperately want to be part of the show, Plantasia, the lucky Thai bamboo desk plant. But the Buddha didn't say that. Hatred corrodes the container it's carried in. That's the brand new tattoo on disgraced former Today Show host Matt Lauer has that tattooed on his arm now. It was caught by the, by the paparazzi. Uh, Hatred corrodes the container it's carried in. And if you look up that quote, not, uh, not from the Buddha, that's actually from the former Republican senator from Wyoming, Alan Simpson. And right now, if you're like, if you're like Bob... Yeah, yeah, thanks, Mr. Speaker. Thanks, thanks. If, if you're like Bob, is, th- is that... Is that the Alan Simpson of the legendary 2010 Simpson Bowles uh, budget deficit proposal? Yes. Yes, it is. Same Alan Simpson. Hatred corrodes the container it's carried in. Way to go, Matt Lauer. Way to go, Plantation. Oh! I'm, al- I'm always so surprised. When we get to the last question of the fishbowl, because there's Isaiah's music, which tells us we've gotten to the last question. And as always, it comes from our 10-year-old executive producer, Isaiah the Tiny Player, who today writes, Does a man really need eight pairs of clean kicks? You know, I'm tempted to, uh, a kid doesn't. A, a kid, your feet grow too fast. You're way too spoiled if you're a kid and you've got eight pairs of clean kicks on rotation. Uh, but in theory is, if you're, kind, if you're kind of a shoe junkie, you gotta have at least eight great pair. That way you, every single day you wear a different pair. And like, if you only had seven pair and there was someone you only saw at the grocery store bakery on Wednesdays, they would always see you in the same shoes and what a disaster that would be. So if you got eight pairs and you go through them nice and easy, like, but that's, that's for a time. Uh, let's not promote materialism like that. 
during a once-in-a-century global flu pandemic. I mean, people are fucking struggling out there. This is, a, this is not the time to worry about your kick collection, of all things. Can we can we agree upon that? Of, of all the things there is to worry about, uh, our kick collection uh, is not one of them. Thank you, uh, thank you, Isaiah. And now, once again, here we are. What some of you, what many of you, what maybe all of you, Consider to be the true highlight of the show because it's the end. It's time for the artist formerly known as Paleta Bola de Fuego and or the finale. Kick it, Fishby. The Trump campaign, or as they call themselves, the Death Star, says they're launching a competitor show to the ladies of The View, only they're fucking not. It'll only be on once a week, and there'll only be one fucking view, and that's Dawn, straight from Mount Rushmore. Super secretive singer Sia, who might or might not love alliteration, but she definitely loves hiding her face, and so do I. Fucking twinsies, me and Sia. Reveals she adopted two 18-year-olds last year before they aged out of foster care, and that's fucking awesome. We can agree on that. Crayola is more than a terrific nickname for your best friend's penis. Crayola still waxes new crayons, and the newest box is the best ever, and it's called Colors of the World, and it's full of 40 different flesh colors, and my Crayola won't rest until we've colored with the ball. If you know what I mean. Heyo, Adrian! Heyo! After the ratings juggernaut of the 10-episode Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls doc, The Last Dance, ESPN has acquired the rights to produce a nine-part documentary about all of Tom Brady's Super Bowl runs. And compared to Michael Jordan, that sounds boring as fuck. And are we going to hear a detailed account of how Tom signed with Uggs? Who fucking cares? Who gives a fuck? And lastly, one of the few hashtags on Twitter that's actually worth a fuck is hashtag save the news, and it's devoted to the importance of saving local journalism because the fucking virus has already permanently shattered 25 local newsrooms. 25 of them already. And in the age of President Toddler Band's wannabe dictator Tinder status and his obnoxious and dangerous declaration that the media is the enemy of the people, combined with the pandemic and all its dangers, reliable and truthful facts have never been more important. Hashtag save the news. Support local journalism if you can. Thank you, fish bait. As always, I am exhausted. And I feel like if, if we were better at our job, uh, we would tell people to, uh, to, to like and follow and subscribe and all the other things that uh, people that do things on the internet say. But honestly, whenever, uh, whenever someone tells us to do something, our first response is not to do it. So, uh, you know, it's a podcast and, and we don't have many friends. And the more the merrier. That's what I say in the podcast game. So do, do what you will. Do what you marijuana. I'm not in charge of you. Uh, tomorrow, uh, 17 questions in 17 minutes. Five weeks in a row? Man, that would be, that would be beyond our wildest dreams. Uh, Till then, say adios, Fishbee.